All right, guys, last week we started a brand new series, and this series is going to be focused on the discipline of prayer, learning how to interact with our unseen God. And, and last week we just kind of set the stage for the series, and we briefly talked about what prayer isn't, what it's not. And your homework last week was very simple. What I wanted you to do was to sit down and to think about what uh, the definition of prayer should be. And uh, many of you guys in your emails of responses, you came to the understanding that, man, prayer is kind of hard to define. It's, it's kind of a large topic, and it's hard to, you know, to condense into one statement. And I'll tell you, let me just say, if you think coming up with a definition for prayer is hard, try coming up with a series for prayer. Because <laughs> there's like a hundred different directions we could go with prayer. Uh, it's, it's absolutely a huge topic. But I have to say this, never have I ever received such an outpouring of emails from the homework like I did this last time. You guys did an outstanding job. I mean, there was like over 60 emails from you guys. The only problem with it was it kind of quadrupled my email response time to try to send it back to you, and I'm still behind. But I even got one about 20 minutes before the first service. So that's like talk about the final hour to get it in there, but you did it. So that's awesome. <laughs> But thank you for doing it. All right, focus for today is we're going to try to unpack what prayer truly is. And I want to just make this confession to begin with. I didn't say this for service, but as I was thinking about it, I should say this. I, I want to admit that it's very hard to preach on a topic that I myself am not experiencing to the degree I'd like to be. So I'm, I'm really, once again, kind of inviting you in on a journey that I'm on trying to understand prayer. So... While a lot of, like, I would love to have, you know, Hudson Taylor up here preaching to us on prayer, because that dude knew what prayer was. He was involved. He, he, he had it down. Um, but I'm not Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor is dead. All the great spiritual giants are gone, so you, you're stuck with me, and I'm just inviting you onto this journey. But we're going to try to unpack what prayer really is, what it's all about. And I, I know I can't, because I couldn't do it in first service, but there's no way we can fit this into one sermon, but we're going to try to do our best to to get our heads around what prayer is in such a way that we can truly practice it. Because remember, guys, we're not just trying to grow in our knowledge of prayer. We want to grow to where we practice prayer more, where it's part of our experience. Amen? That's why we're doing this. Who cares if we learn more about prayer? We want to be participating in it. Okay? Now, the first thing I want to mention and talk about is that when we what we consider to be prayer, at least the more digging I do on this topic and studying, not only from the Bible, but from the spiritual giants who were great participants in the, the holy act of prayer, what I'm learning is that we consider to be prayer really kind of isn't prayer. Or at least it isn't living prayer. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that we we kind of need to make a distinction with this because in this series, what we're going to try to understand and discuss and unpack is living prayer, not dead prayer. And you see, here's the difference. Dead prayer is exactly that. It's, it's dead. It has no life. And, and because it has no life, we feel like we are the ones who have to bring the life to it. We, we, we have to drum up whatever emotion we can to make that prayer come alive, but it won't. It's dead. 
Living prayer, on the other hand, is a kind of prayer that has a life of its own. It's a kind of prayer that supports us rather than us trying to feel like we have to support it. It's a kind of prayer that's more of a lifestyle than it is an activity. It's a kind of life. And you know, here's the cool part. It's the kind of life we were created for, really. It's the kind of life that allows us to live fully human. That is the kind of prayer that I want us to be talking about and learning how to make part of our lives. Amen? That's what we want. And unfortunately, I think what we're used to, at least, you know, so many churches across our nation, and I could say it in my own life, is what we're used to is dead prayer. And I think it's dead prayer that's given prayer its bad name. It's like I mentioned last week, if I were to say, hey, uh, if anybody wants to come over to my house Friday night, we're going to have a prayer meeting, a lot of us would go, Ugh. I don't really know if I want to do that. And, and we, we, it's, the reason is, is because we fully expect that we're going to go to this meeting and it's just going to be dead, where we feel like we have to do the supporting of it. We have to bring the energy to it. So a lot of times what we do in our prayer meetings is that we come up with cool ideas to make it fresh and exciting. So what we're going to do at our prayer meeting this time is we're going to pray some quiet music and we're just going to let the Spirit lead. Or this, what we're going to do this time is we're just going to have popcorn prayer. We're not going to just pray long prayers. You just spit little popcorns here and there. Or what we're going to do is we're going to gather in a circle and we're all going to just hold hands. And I'm going to start and we're just going to go around the circle counterclockwise. And if you don't feel like you want to pray, you just squeeze that person's hand next to you and we'll just go around and he'll know it's his turn. If he doesn't want to, you can squeeze. We just go around. We're going to do that this time. Or a lot of times we feel like, you know, we got to raise our voices and be like, in the name of Jesus, God, we are crying out today. And we like raise our voices to bring energy to it. Or we try to use fancy language to impress God. Sometimes, you know, people think, well, you know, if we just had more people at the prayer meeting, that would make prayer so much better. But guys, here's the deal. That's not necessarily true. Now, don't get me wrong. Methods aren't bad. Doing those things are not bad. But let me tell you, if it's dead prayer, you can do whatever message you want. It won't matter. The prayer will still be dead. You can do all the CPR and chest compressions you want to that dead prayer. It won't make it alive. You can come up with all the creative ways you want to to make it more interesting, but it won't make it come alive. It is dead. And that's why I believe we have such an aversion to prayer because we're used to dead prayer. We, especially the American nation, are used to a dead kind of prayer. And guys, this, this isn't new. I think dead prayer has been around for a long time. And the reason I say that is because you know, when you, you look at the disciples, I think they were used to dead prayer. And you know why I say that? Because when they saw Jesus pray, they saw something different, something way different, something that was alive and, and powerful, so much so that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he was finished, one of his disciples came up to him and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. You see, I think the disciples were used to a dead kind of prayer. And when Jesus came on the scene and they saw him pray, they were like, whoa, we're not used to this. This is something we've never seen before, but I want it. I want to learn how to do it. And guys, we should learn how to do it. 
Because here's the deal. In digging into this series, at least for myself, but I'm going to assume that a lot of us are in this boat, I think for so many of us, prayer just doesn't make sense. Can I get an amen there? A lot of us, we, we just doesn't make sense to us. We do it because supposedly we're, we're supposed to as Christians, but it's a grind. We, we just grind it out. But it most certainly isn't a vital part of our life. It, is, it isn't a lifestyle for us. We haven't made the connection between prayer and the abundant life that we're called to experience through Jesus Christ. It's simply an activity. It's a chore, something we must do. Guys, something is missing. Something is very much missing in our lives when it comes to prayer. And as I've thought about it, the connection that I think we're missing, the missing link, if if you will, is the link of faith. So I know I'm going to be talking about prayer today, but to talk about prayer, we have to talk about faith. And if you're like me, you're kind of like, Luke, I can't even get my head around prayer, let alone faith, and you're going to try to merge it into one sermon? I know. It's crazy. But we're going to try. But what is faith? And how does it relate to prayer? We need to understand that. And I want to show you a verse in James chapter 5. You can, if you have Bibles, you can turn there. It's going to be on the screen behind me. And I hesitate to use this passage because it's talking you know, about suffering and, and healing and sickness and whatnot. But there's a phrase in this passage that I want us to see. And we're going to use that, that phrase as we look at other passages. But James 5 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let them pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let them sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, the phrase I want you to take out of this passage is the prayer of faith. See that? The the prayer of faith. What in the world is the prayer of faith? We kind of need to understand that, don't we? Because I think there's a lot of people who have faith in prayer but they don't seem to be able to pray a prayer of faith. Should I repeat that? A lot of people have faith in prayer, but they're not able to pray a prayer of faith. So really, when you boil boil it all down, it may not be prayer that we don't understand so much as we don't understand what faith is. Faith doesn't make sense to us. And so if we intend to be able to pray prayers of faith, guys, we need to understand faith. I mean, seriously, what is faith? And so I want you to sit with that question as I take you to another passage in Mark 11. And this passage has a lot to teach us about faith. And I'll basically tell you the story. Uh, Jesus is walking along with his disciples. He's hungry. And he sees a fig tree up in the distance, and so he walks up to it, and he's, you know, excited to eat something, and there's nothing on the fig tree, and so I think it's humorous, but he kind of, he curses the fig tree. He says, you know what, may no one ever eat from you again, and he curses the fig tree. They go on with their business, and the next day they come by the fig tree, and Peter looks at it, and the sucker is all withered up and dead. And Peter's like, hey, Jesus, check this out. This fig tree is, is like withered up and dead. And Jesus answers like this. He goes, have faith in God. 
Now, in your Bibles and in the one I have on the screen behind me, it says, have faith in God. But you know what the Greek says? That word in actually isn't in there. The translators inserted that preposition in. In the Greek, it simply says, have God faith. In other words, Jesus is saying, you need to have the faith of God. Now, if you're like me, you go, sweet daddy. Okay, Jesus is right. How do we do that? And if that takes you, you know, kind of takes you by surprise, I'm sure the disciples felt that too. But that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying to his disciples, listen, you need to have the faith of God because here's the deal. The faith of God is able to speak and things happen. Jesus goes on to say, let me show you what God faith looks like. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Now, there's so much stuff in there, but you notice what it says there at the end? It's just kind of funny because it's talking suddenly about forgiveness. When you stand praying, forgive if anyone has anything against you. What in the world does forgiveness have to do with faith and prayer and all this sort of stuff? Why is Jesus talking about forgiveness while giving a faith lesson? Here's why. The attitude of faith is an attitude that ties you into a reality of how God's government works. Let that sink in. Faith connects you to a whole new reality, a whole new activity, a whole new type of government, and that government is the government of God, or you could say the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, forgiveness is just part of the landscape. It's like Jesus is saying, listen, in this whole new reality, you can speak to mountains and they'll, they'll be thrown in the sea. You can tell trees to uproot themselves and they will. It's a whole new reality. And oh, by the way, in this reality, forgiveness is it's just part of the culture. So make sure you forgive anything and everyone who may be against you because that's what you do in God's government. Don't think that you can just ask things to happen and be living in bitterness and hatred toward one another in person. That doesn't work. That's not how God governments work. So do you, see what I, do you see what I'm trying to say? Here's what I'm trying to get us to see. Faith, or at least God faith, is a confidence in a whole different reality, a whole different order, a whole different realm that operates independently from what the world does. Guys, I'm going I'm to need you to really try to lean into this. I, this sermon isn't full of jokes and funny things. We're going to be really talking about some heavy stuff, and I, I need all of us to really try to wrap our heads around this because this is something I think we so desperately need. But here's the definition of faith that we've used over the years here at Whitestone. It's believing in the unseen reality of God and his activity. God's working all around us in the unseen realm. And faith believes that. And God faith operates from this whole new unseen reality. And it's that kind of faith that makes living prayer possible. Why? Because it's a prayer of faith that connects to that reality. 
Because faith is relying on something as if it were so. And if God faith relies on this unseen realm as if it were so, then faith is going to connect us to that reality. Are we getting this? Okay. Jesus is really hitting us with some hard stuff here. Let's keep talking about faith. I really think this is so important. You know, Saturday morning, I woke up early. It was the middle of the night. It was early morning. And, man, I just instantly thinking about this. And this whole week I've been pondering this. And I, I think it's so important that we grasp this, guys. And I know it's hard to get our hands around, but we have to. And you see, one of the things that I think really messes us up in our culture today, in our Christian culture, is that we're used to saying that faith is something... really that faith isn't at all. And here's what I mean. We're we're used to saying that we have faith in something because we want to believe it. I mean, we so desperately want to believe it, and so we say, well, we have faith. For instance, I've had people come up to me and say, Luke, I really want to believe what's in the Word of God. I really want to believe the Bible. I want to believe everything that's in the Bible, but you know what? It's hard. I, I just have a hard time believing all that it says. But... I guess that's why we have faith, isn't it? I guess I'm I'm just going to have to chalk that up to faith. I'll put those things in my faith category. And I look at them and and I think, that isn't faith. Wanting to believe something isn't believing something. Feeling like we should believe something isn't believing something. That's not believing. And guys, faith is believing. Faith is what all of you guys did with your chairs when you walked into this room. When you came in, what did you do with your chairs? You flopped down in them. Faith is flopping. (laughs) I think a great vision of faith is, you remember Jesus? He's in that boat with all of his disciples. And and this huge storm comes up, and the boat is like taking on water. It's like they're about to sink and, and People are freaking out. Tell me, what is Jesus doing? He's sleeping. He's sleeping. Now, why would Jesus be sleeping? Because Jesus had the kind of faith that allowed him to go to sleep because he knew God was in control of everything. And faith is a vision of that reality. The disciples had just enough faith in Jesus that they knew they needed to wake him up real quick. (laughs) But they didn't have faith in this unseen reality. And that's why faith is so important. It's because faith is the vision of that other world, that other reality. And that other world, that other reality is God's government. It's God's kingdom. It's his activity. You see, guys, here's the part that we fail to understand. God is at work all around us in the unseen realm. And that world is just as real as the air we breathe. And faith is the conduit to that world that connects us to that life and that power. Does that make sense? No? <laughs> well, let's keep trying, okay? Here's another thing about faith that I think is huge. I think we sometimes think that faith is like this, the, the magic potion that we just need to have for God to act in our life, Okay? And here's what I mean. Let me show you this verse. In in Luke 17, it says, he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in sea, and it will obey you. And we read this verse, and we think to ourselves, okay, according to this verse, what do we need to have to make that mulberry tree go throw itself in the ocean? 
Faith, okay? I need to have faith. So we tend to think that faith is kind of like this feeling of belief, okay? And we, we try to drum up this faith, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's like a little mustard seed, a little tiny, I'm just trying to drum up this faith, I've got to have this faith, and, and, you know, I'm working really hard to get up this faith, and then when we pray, we hope that faith's there, because we know God is going to inspect our brain and go, well, looky here, JoJo's got a little bit of faith there. All right, we'll do a miracle, bloom. Unlock all the goodies from heaven and we'll let them have it. And so we think we gotta have it because that's the qualification, that's the, that's the magic potion for God to unleash all this goodness from heaven down upon us. Has anybody ever thought that before? Two of us have only thought about that before? I grew up all the time. I felt like it was this feeling that we had to have. But guys, that's faulty thinking. You see, faith isn't something we drum up. Faith isn't a reality that, in other words, faith is not something, here, here's why I mention this, because I think a lot of times when people who are sick or people are going through stuff and people will gather around them and pray and nothing happens, what will often be said to them? You don't have enough faith. And that breaks people's heart because they're like, oh, I thought I was gonna try to drum up enough, but apparently I'm a loser. But guys, faith isn't like that. It's not magic. It's not mumbo-jumbo. It's not some little thing in your brain that God searches for before he answers your prayer. Now listen to me. Faith, this is a tough phrase. I want you to read it over and get it in your brain. Faith is a confidence that leads you to interact with reality in such a way that a result comes. Now if that's too heavy for you to take, I'm going to try to explain that. Um... Guys, listen, we have faith in all sorts of realities, all sorts of systems of realities. We operate in faith all the time. Like I told you, you came in, you had faith in your chair, you flopped down in it. And for instance, we have faith in a cell phone. And I literally got a text as I pulled it up. We have faith in a cell phone. And when I have faith, what it does is it connects me to a reality of how that cell phone works. Okay, so I'll open up my cell phone, I will press a button, and I will call my mom, and I will talk to my mom. Now, my cell phone didn't just sit there and wait for me to have the right amount, this wonderful thing called faith, and go, okay, I think he's got it, I'll make the call. No, the phone made the call because my faith led me to act, and my action tied into a system of reality that brought the result of me being able to talk to someone who is thousands of miles away. And the more I get to know my phone, the more I can do with that phone. The more I align myself with the technology of this phone, the more I can interact with it and do things with it. If you don't believe in this technology, you won't interact with it. You have to have faith in it. It's a little bit like this. You remember the rotary phone? How many of you guys had a rotary phone in your house? Yeah, okay, all you little kids are like, what in the world? But it was like this thing that when you had to dial 1 800, you know, 256, you'd be like, eight, zero, zero, and then, and finally you'd pick up the phone, beep, 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 damn. When touchstone came out, we were like, this is awesome. But it's a little bit like this. Let's say that 
Your idea of prayer is a rotary phone. And living prayer is a cell phone. And you come out, and you're like, well, what I think prayer is is the rotary phone. So you're going like this the whole time on this cell phone. Is this cell phone going to work? No. What you're doing here is you're going, well, this is what I, this is what I think it is, and they're doing this and this. This is dead prayer. We're, well, you know what? Let's liven it up. <laughs> do this. We'll do something fun. But no matter what you do, it's not going to work. Because this does not interact with the technology of a cell phone. Does that make sense? It's the same way with prayer. It's not like this phone is sitting here, well, I'm going to wait for him to have the right amount of faith, and then one of the times this is going to work. No, it's going, it'll never work. Because you're not interacting with the, right, with the technology of this phone. You don't know this technology, so you're not going to interact with it. And guys, I can't tell you how important this is for us to understand. Because we need to know how to interact with this unseen reality. That's what faith is. It's connecting ourselves to that. Here's another analogy. Let me see if I can make this. Uh, there's Eric in the sound booth. Okay, everybody turn around. Look at Eric. Everybody say, hi, Eric. Eric is on staff here at Whitestone, and he runs all the technology stuff at the sound booth, and, and uh, he's my co-worker. We work together. Now, when I do something with Eric, when we work together, getting ready for a new series or planning how to do the live stream, you know, going on, I work with Eric, and I have confidence in Eric, and I have faith in him. I have confidence in his abilities and his work ethic that he's going to do what we discuss, and I can work along with him on that. There's a certain reality that I interact with when it comes to Eric. Now, Eric doesn't sit there and go, hmm, waiting to see if Luke has faith in me or not. He has the right amount of faith. No. You know, Because of my confidence in Eric, it allows me to interact with Eric day to day. And it's our relationship that brings that response. I know he's going to do what we talked about. There's a reality between Eric and I that allows us to work together because we have a relationship. And I have a confidence in that reality. I have faith in it. That's how faith works. That's why if we're going to connect with God, we first have to what? Have a relationship with him. We have to get to know him. And we have to grow closer and closer to him. You know, scripture says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We have to keep learning about God. Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek my activity. Seek the right way to do things and you're going to start to learn how to use that cell phone well. But I think a lot of times what we are is we're Christians a lot like, say, my grandma. If I hand my cell phone to my grandma, she goes, I don't know how to. (laughs) No, we have to have a confidence in a reality that grows through this relationship. Well, faith in God allows us to interact with his reality, with God and his activity. Now, granted, it's an unseen reality, but Jesus is telling us that faith in God's reality, impacts and affects the seen world we live in. We can move mountains and move trees. And that's where prayer comes back in. Okay, remember, we're talking about prayer here. So let's go back to prayer. Living prayer 
is a prayer of faith, which leads me to my definition for prayer. Here's what I think prayer is. Prayer, very simply, is communication with God about what we're doing together. That's what prayer is, plain and simple. It's talking with God about all the things that you're doing together on this earth. Want to know a big reason why people don't pray much? Because they're not doing a whole lot with God. A lot of people who have a hard time knowing what to say to God are people who probably aren't doing much with God. Because prayer is talking to God about the things that you're doing together with him. And that's why Paul tells us in Thessalonians, he says, pray continually. Continually. Because we're to be doing everything with God. Paul says, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed. Okay, listen to that. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed. How much does that leave out? (laughs) Nothing. So Paul's saying, everything you do, do it in the name of God of the Lord. And guys, if you're going to do something in the name of the Lord, if you're going to sign his name to it, then that means you need to do it with him. And if you're going to do it with him, then you need to talk to him about it. Guys, that means your own personal life, your marriage, your kids, your workplace, your finances, all of it. We're, if we're going to be doing it with him, and if we intend on doing it with him, we're going to need to talk to him about it. And that, my friends, is what prayer is. And we do that by faith. Because we have a relationship with him, we can learn to interact with this unseen reality of God and the way his government works, and suddenly we're tapped into a whole new reality, God's reality, a God faith. And that white stone is living prayer. Amen? Now I'm going to close with this, because this hit me square in the teeth this week. And we could preach an entire sermon on this, but I'm going to end with this. And guys, this is going to be a punch in every one of your face, okay? So be ready. But you can't have the kind of faith that makes living prayer possible and continue living life as usual. You cannot have the kind of faith that makes living prayer possible and continue living life as usual. If, if you want a normal life with prayer kind of being turned on as a faucet, like I'm going to use a little prayer here, turn it off, prayer here, uh, I'll squirt a little prayer over here. If you want a normal life like that, then you're never going to experience living prayer. You'll never have it. If you want living prayer, you have to understand that you are signing up for a whole new reality, a whole different kind of government And when we do that, our life here on earth will never be the same. Life is going to change. It has to. It has to. Because it can't go on as usual. Our usual kind of life, let's be honest, it cannot sustain a life of faith and living prayer. It just can't. It requires a whole new kind of life. And the question is, Are we willing to make that kind of change? My hope is that we say yes. Amen?
Because we want that life whether we know it or not. Here's your homework for this week. I want you to choose one thing that you're going to focus on doing with God. Okay, I don't care what it is. Just choose one thing. And I want you to pray about that one thing. In other words, you're going to communicate with God about how you're going to be doing this together with him this week. Now, I know you're supposed to be doing all things with him. Okay, we just learned that. But we're not there yet, are we? So we have to practice. Remember, we're not just going to try, we're going to practice. So I want you to practice. Just choose one thing this week. One thing that you're going to do with him. Doesn't have to be a big thing either. It can be super simple. But I want you to do it with him this week. So that means if you're going to do it in the name of the Lord, you're going to do it with him, that means you're going to have to talk to him about it. And you're going to have to listen to him about it and see what he tells you to do. And I tell you, if he tells you to do something, do it. Do it. Remember, faith acts with that reality. It's an action. So practice that this week with just one thing in your life. Amen? You guys up for that? I want you to do it. And then we can discuss it, you know, in the hallway because I want to hear these stories of what God is doing. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, speaking for myself, this stuff is way over my head. And it's intimidating. And it's, like I said, it's a whole new kind of life and that's scary for so much of us because change is scary. But God, whether we know it or not, we want that life. We want a life of faith. We want to be living out, living prayer every moment of our life. So God, do that work here at Whitestone, in this family, with each one of us. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Guys, I love you so very, very much. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next Sunday.